Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome in episode 30 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always the legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, the Dirty 30, the big 3-0, uh, made it. Uh, you know, I, I feel like we have to call our listeners a name. We're at 30 shows, uh, the Brutally Honest uh, Sports Podcast. You, you know, if you, you follow some other uh, some other podcasts, you know, you follow Barstool Podcast, they call their, their listeners stoolies. I feel like Aaron, we need a name um, for our loyal listeners here. But uh, nonetheless, excited to be to be back with, with you talking some sports this week, talking some NFL, Aaron. But how are we feeling leading up to Thanksgiving? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I got my uh, got my dinner dinner plate set up. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I've had a big appetite for, for a winning football team, but that's not seemed to be the case this year, but anyways, we'll get into that as we uh, progress, and I'm excited to do so. Love it. Let's get into today's topics. And now for today's topics. All right, folks. Uh, coming off some NFL, obviously been a couple weeks since uh, we brought you some NFL chat, but what we want to do today, basically give sort of a State of the Union, give an update, um, give some hot takes about the Eagles, the Jets, respectively. Uh, then, as always, we'll touch around some other topics around the league get to some top storylines, get to some teams, get to some schedules, uh, get to some coaches potentially in the hot seat, you know, the Jets coach and, and Eagles coach firmly on the hot seat, maybe not the Eagles, but Adam Gase for the Jets certainly on the hot seat. So we'll get into some other, some other topics as well. But Aaron, I want to start with you and the Eagles uh, coming off a 22 to 17 loss to the Cleveland Browns at Cleveland on Sunday afternoon. Uh, it was a rainy, windy, sleety, uh, all of the above day. Shitty, as I should say, as it always is, seems to be in Cleveland uh, this time of year. Uh, can you kind of give me, uh, you know, one to two minutes here, kind of give me your thoughts on on the game as a whole, and then we'll kind of get into to Wentz and maybe some key plays, uh, and then talk about some other Eagles players as well. And then, like I said, folks, we have this some Jets talk after that. But why don't you go ahead, Aaron, give me your one to two minute breakdown, and then we'll get into some more hot takes as well. Yeah, so uh, a game on paper where, you know, coming in, I, I wasn't too, too confident. Um, you know, Browns were 6-3, and three, uh, playing, playing pretty good football. I mean, I, I would say Baker Mayfield's not lighting the world on fire himself, but uh, the two-headed monster in their running game, it, it has been an issue for a lot of teams to stop. Um, this was a game where, where the defense, you know, they, they did as much as I think they physically could. I mean, with the personnel that, that we have out there. Um, just once again, the offense not not you know playing up to 
to what they have to do. I mean, really, I'm not going to say playing up to their potential. Um, at the end of the day, some of the players out there are, are straight off the practice squad and, and are guys that, you know, I don't really know how much we can get out of. But um, once again, I mean, it, it's a it's a game where the turnovers shot themselves in the foot. Uh, you know, they lose the game by, by five points. I think Cleveland scored at least eight off of Philadelphia turnovers. So, um, you know, just, just once again, Carson Wentz, um, you know, not being sharp, not being accurate. Um, not, I'm not going to say the whole day, but he's just not doing enough. Um, play calling is, is highly questionable as it has been all, all season long. I think Doug Peterson's head uh, might be the size of, of the Liberty Bell at this, at this point, just because I think he, he's way over in his head. He thinks he is some type of rocket scientist. Um, and his play calling is just atrocious. So, is his head uh, is his head on the chopping block? His head is large, but is it on the chopping block? Yeah, I think. I mean, if you read up on on Philadelphia media, obviously that that's one of the toughest toughest cities in America to uh, to please people from a you know from sports perspective, from a from a winning perspective. It's it's always what have you done for me lately? I I think a lot of fans are calling for his head. I think um, you know it's just it's getting to the point where. It's just ugly week in and week out. It's the same mistakes being made week in and week out. It's the same, um, you know, boring offense. I'll say that. It, it just doesn't have any creativity. Um, I don't know. They don't roll Wentz out of the pocket like they used to, where he would be very effective. Um, I think sometimes Wentz has Elmer's glue on his hands because he can't get the damn ball out of his hands. I mean, they, there's a, a million different issues, and, and I'm not going to, you know, I've been bitching all season long, and I'll, I'll continue to bitch until the problems get fixed. But huh. I don't know if they – I don't really know if they will get fixed at this point. Um, I mean, yeah. they ran the ball somewhat effectively with Miles Sanders. It wasn't bad, four yards of carry. Yeah. Uh, of course, they always go away from that as soon as it becomes effective. Uh, just continues to blow my mind why they do that, especially in a game, like you said, the, the weather was atrocious, um, not the friendliest passing weather um, that, you'll, that you'll experience out there. So. Once again, obviously, you know, defeating, uh, defeating performance now dropped the three, six, and one. Uh, I don't really know where to go from here at this point. I'd love to see Jalen Hurts get some playing time just to see what we potentially have in him, uh, you know, use the second round pick. I think the kid has some talent. I'd love to see what he can do at this point. And, and Wentz has the most turnovers in football. So if anybody wants to, to argue the point that Wentz is, you know, one of the top guys in the NFL, I, I'd highly suggest a drug test at this point. <laughs> yeah that's uh that's a good way to put it uh Wentz obviously you know didn't have his best outing like you you know like I said earlier the shitty weather kind of made it a run heavy game Cleveland has the best two running backs arguably in the NFL um so anytime you can run the ball more effectively in shit weather you're probably going to win the game 10 times out of 10 times but either way uh without that pick six the Eagles would have won uh you mentioned the eight points off turnovers uh Wentz threw up a lollipop I think he got hit um, as he was throwing the ball, pops up uh, some guy with the last name of Taki Taki uh, from the Browns uh, somehow grabs it and, and runs it back for, for an easy score. But, um, do, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, Wentz, you know, we were talking off air a little bit. Wentz obviously being a bona fide MVP candidate three years ago, gets the first ACL, first major injury of his career, uh, goes down, doesn't play the rest of that season. They obviously go ahead and win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Since that point, 
you could argue he's been an average to below average quarterback. The regression has been astounding to me. And I'm just a casual fan. I can't imagine, uh, you know, how the regression has been for Aaron, who's a diehard Eagles fan, and that fan base who obviously don't take kindly to losing uh, and, and poor quarterback play. You know, I've been sort of witness to my own quarterback's regression this year, but, you know, I think the Jets are a different story. We can touch on that in a minute. But um, depending, on, depending on how the rest of the season goes, if the Eagles sort of knock themselves out of this NFC East playoff race, would you like to see Jalen Hurts sooner rather than later play a game or even start a game? For the Eagles, yeah, I, I if they came out, I mean, I know DJ, or I'm sorry, excuse me, DK Metcalf came out and said, I mean, this might just be throwing smoke on a fire, but he said he wants to see Jalen Hurts play against his uh, Seahawks come Monday night. Um, I, I say, why not? At this point, I I could care less about winning this division. I think this will teach the organization more if they would lose the division if they miss the playoffs completely. Um, I would not be you know, I love seeing the Eagles on TV. It hypes me up. Uh, you know, I look forward to it. But at the same time, it's it's one of those situations you got to – like like the Jets are in. I, you know, you'd rather see them lose out. I'd rather see the Eagles lose out and, and yeah. retool the, the whole team because at this point, if they make the playoffs, you know, for some reason, I think Howie, Howie Roseman, the general manager, I think Doug Peterson, the head coach, I think they get delusional and they think, oh, my God, look what we did with what we have. You know, it, it's it's like ridiculous. I think – they need to reevaluate themselves and, and reevaluate the way they're going about not so much even, um, you know, who they have on the roster, but there's been a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of buzz and a lot of talk about how sloppy the practices have been even. And I, you know, that's all by the media who knows how much of that is true, but yeah, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all because you continue to see the same mistakes week in and week out. Um, the only thing I can really say about Wentz that I give him credit for this year is, uh, he has been very tough. He's been hit, like, I think more than any quarterback in the league. Um, could be wrong, but he's definitely up there. So from that perspective, he's stayed healthy. But uh, as you alluded to, you know, he's regressed. And, and this season is obviously his biggest regression and his worst season to date. So I don't know. I, I think maybe you light a fire under his ass if you put uh, Hurts in there, at least for a half. I just want to see what he has. I just want to see if there's some type of spark plug. I mean, when Wentz went, went down with the injury and then Foles came in, it almost looked like a different team out there. So I'm not saying that that would be the same type of situation or, or the same outcome, but I'd love to see it. And I think at this point in the season, you got to see, you got to at least try something because it's, it's miserable to watch. It's painful to watch. It's, it's not fun at all to be a, an Eagles fan so far in the 2020 season. Despite all that, they are somehow in first place in the NFC East. Uh, you mentioned the <laughs> lack of offensive line uh, talent, the lack of receiver talent, um, the lack of obviously a, a defense and sort of uh, an established defensive coordinator there. Obviously, Jim Schwartz hasn't had the greatest of track records um, throughout his career. But uh, in, in terms of the talent that Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz have to work with, can you give me some insight into – the, the GM Lurie and, and sort of um, how hot is his seat? Obviously uh, anytime you win a Super Bowl in, in the NFL or in any pro sports league, there's, there's obviously going to be some sort of regression because oftentimes you'll take a swing for the fences, spend near the cap, uh, make a trade to get up some assets, uh, you know, mortgage your future um, for instant sort of win now success. If you, if you look at the team like the saints right now, uh, they've gone all in for Drew Brees and you, and you project them to actually be 
uh, 20 to 30 million over the cap next year. So a, a team like that, obviously the Eagles kind of swung for the fences and, um, you know, pressed the right buttons to win the Super Bowl three years ago. But um, he's had three years to also sort of recoup some assets, um, sell off some of those Super Bowl winning players. And uh, how much of the blame goes on him for not surrounding uh, and when I say him, I'm talking about the GM. How much of the blame goes on him for, for not surrounding Carson Went with, with top-tier talent? You look at a guy like Tom Brady, has four, you know, maybe five decent options. Uh, Jared Goff seems to have some good options. There are a bunch of quarterbacks. Russell Wilson has DK Metcalf. Uh, you know, why, why has Lurie you know, refused to surround him with good talent these past few years? Hey, and I'm, not, I'm not taking any personal shots. It's uh, Lori's the owner. It, not that it even matters at this point. I blame all of them. Lori, Lori's the owner. <laughs> Howie Roseman's the GM, but maybe he won't be. Oh, okay, season. okay, okay. I, yeah. Not like That's I said. On it me. Doesn't That's even, on me. It, hey, it doesn't even matter. You, they're all at this point. My it, like, they don't even exist to me anymore. Just how <laughs> disgusted I am at all three of them. But that's okay. Um, That's on me. We'll uh, we'll blame research for that one. We'll take a dash <laughs> one. That's uh. I, Carson, Carson Wentz, I just threw my own pick six here in the podcast. So don't feel too <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, he's great at doing that. But anyways, no, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's been – it's funny. I mean, you, you go back to the, the – now this is throwing it way back, and, and this is how much of a, a diehard fan I am. Is I remember the Joe Banner days. That was uh, the McNabb era. That's the general manager they had then. Um, That's a name drop not, for you folks. Name drop. Check your feet for the name drop, folks. You, you're not getting that on ESPN. I don't think you're getting that on Disputed either. So I never even heard the name. Yeah, no, no chance. Skip knows that. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, I, why I was alluding to that is, uh, you know, even during the Joe Banner McNabb days, the only receiver they really found was was To. Yeah. Um, you know, the only receiver that was worth you know much of anything was, was To and. You know, he lasted one season, obviously uh, became a, a locker room cancer, to say the least. Wait, he was on the team for one season? One season, yes, sir, one season. That was their uh, Super Bowl season, right? Yeah, went to the, broke his leg, went to the Super Bowl. You know, everything that dramatically can happen, happened that year. Um, went to the Super Bowl, you know, got over 100 yards in that in that game. He ultimately lost, but um, that going into that offseason is when, um, you know, him and McNabb went south. Um, you know, it really happened during that season, and then it just built up the whole way into that offseason. And obviously, he was shipped out to Dallas at that point. But um, you know, when you when you're talking about Eagles football, you're talking about Eagles receivers. It's just they've never prioritized that, and, and that's why I alluded to to even Joe Banner. It was like you know, they had like Todd Pinkston, who no one knows. Uh, I remember Freddie that. Mitchell. I remember him. Oh yeah. You know, you had Freddie Mitchell, which made he made one memorable catch, I would say, probably ever, his fourth and twenty-six to keep him alive <laughs> in the one in the one playoff run. I think that was against Brett Favre, actually. But um, other than that, like I said, I mean, they just don't prioritize the, the wide receiver position, whatever. What, why that is, you know, it's beyond me. I, I think you got to find at least one. I prefer two, at least, you know, dynamic receivers to to give yourself a chance, um, especially in what what defies the the law of, of really anything physics whatever gravity anything it, it doesn't make any sense at all is Doug Peterson is like 90% of the time going to throw the ball and then you don't surround the guy that supposedly is your you know your franchise quarterback with right. anybody to throw to so it's I it's really common sense it comes down to like they have to 
surround Wentz with, with better options on the offensive side of the ball. Wentz has to be better, a lot better than he's been. I, that's no debate. I'm not going to make any excuse for him there. He's got to be better. He can't turn the ball over. He's got to throw the ball out of bounds. But I think I would say if I'm blaming the GM, I, I think obviously, you know, it's it's well warranted. I think, you know, I, I wouldn't have a problem if they got rid of him only because since the Super Bowl, they really haven't done all that much from an organizational point of view. I think Foles really maximized the system in Philadelphia. I think Foles is, is ultimately the most effective in Doug Peterson's system. Um, but, you know, after the, the playoff run against the, uh, you know, coming up short to the Saints uh, last season, once gets injured in his first and only playoff game, they dropped that game. But I don't know. It just seems like they seem to play above their obviously talent and their potential at times. But then in a season like this, they, they have no talent. They have, they have no like personnel where, where they need to have it. So I don't know. I, I would have no, no, let me put it to you this way. There would be no problem with, with a lot of the fans in the fan base. I think if they got rid of the GM only because of the incompetence to pick draft picks, uh, they passed on DJ Metcalf. They got JJ Ortega Whiteside, which is worthless. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's we could have. Does he Justin play Jefferson. by the way? Does he play anymore or no? Uh, I mean, he gets in there. You, you'll see him in the huddle. That's about it. You see him line up. I watched uh, that we, entire game. I can't. I I can't remember hearing his name once. Yeah, it's that's not surprising. <laughs> um, it, it's just you know he has like maybe 30 career catches in three years, or maybe is this? It doesn't. He, he, irrelevant. Let's just put it that way. Uh, Fulgram, Fulgram has made more impact in, in, you know, the shortened season that he's had. So, uh, yeah, not to, not to drag it out too much, but like I said, general manager has incompetence to, dra to draft. So if you can't draft well, obviously that, you know, you're not, you're not much good. Uh, they really don't go out and sign free agents because their cap space is so messed up because they went out and signed a beat, beat up Deshaun Jackson who can't even stay on the field uh, for a ton of money. And then they wasted a lot of money on, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, who can't even jump more than four inches in the air, obviously, <laughs> due to, uh, you know, the evidence is, is that jump ball that he didn't even look like attempt to, to catch against the Browns this past week. So, yeah, I, I think Daryl Madger is a problem, quarterback's a problem, and head coach. It's, it's a trifecta, uh, and, you know, it's just a, it's a real big problem going forward at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's take a look at sort of the division. Uh, Eagles at the top, three, six, and one somehow. Then we have the three teams behind them. The Giants are at three and seven. Dallas is three and seven as well. Then the Reds, uh, WFT, I should say, at three and seven as well. Uh, let's look at their schedule as well, and, and we'll kind of go through here. Uh, obviously, they have that sort of tie uh, when they tied the Bengals earlier in the season, so they do own that tiebreaker there for now. Uh, Monday night against the Seahawks, I'm expecting that to be a loss. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I don't want to really even see that game, to be honest with you. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Next Sunday after that, December 6th, we have the Packers uh, in Green Bay. Is that a loss as well? Uh, most likely. All right, 3-8-1. <laughs> and then we have the Saints, who are 8-2. Uh, they're somehow still 8-2 with Taysom Hill playing quarterback. Uh, that's actually in Philly. Uh, what, what do you think of that game? I'm going to say the Saints probably put up like 12, 32. The Eagles probably score 17 in that game. Fair enough. All right. The After Saints. that, we get to a 6-4, and four, currently 6-4, and four, the Cardinals uh, in Arizona um, right before Christmas on December 20th. What do you think of that game? 
That's probably a, probably a loss by double digits again. Okay, that is three straight losses. That put them at three nine and one. Uh, then after that, we would finish with the Cowboys and Washington football team. So let's say we take those two games. Uh, that would leave the Eagles at five nine and one. Uh, the rest of the, yeah, those three games: the Packers, Eagle, uh, or I should say the Seahawks, Packers, uh, and Saint. Jesus Christ, Seahawks, Packers, and Saints. Yes, those three games are very tough. Obviously, you have the fourth one there. Uh, you know, with it, with the Cardinals, it would make them five ten and one. Uh, do we think that's good enough to to make the playoffs? Uh, I would have to. I got to Here, I'm gonna peep the Giants schedule. All right, I got the I Giants. So they they play the Bengals on Sunday. Let's call that a win. Uh, yep. Then they play the Seahawks. That's a loss. And they play the Cardinals. That's a loss. The Browns, that's a loss. Ravens, it's a loss. And then they finish with the Cowboys. Let's call that a win. So that's 5-11 and 11, uh, right around the Eagles uh, record. Let's look at Dallas. Um, this week they actually have on Thanksgiving Washington football team. That'll be interesting. Uh, we'll, we, won't, we won't call that game right now. We'll just kind of leave that as it is. They play the Ravens after that. That's a loss. They play the Bengals. We'll give them that win. That's four wins. They play the 49ers. Uh, they could they could win that game. I'll give them that game as well. That's five wins, and they play the Eagles and Giants to finish it out. Um, okay, so I'm gonna give them five wins as well, <laughs> and then we'll have the we'll have we'll finish up here with the Washington football team. They play the Cowboys, as I said. Uh, Steelers after that, that's a loss. 49ers, I feel like they could win that game. Seahawks after that, that's a loss. Panthers potentially. Uh, and then the Eagles to finish up. So I, I give them five to six wins as well. Okay, so, so looking at those uh, schedules uh, with each team, sort of our, our own projection to, to finish it five, six games. Um, you know, you mentioned also that, that maybe you wouldn't want them to make the playoffs. You might uh, want them to lose out to get a better draft pick. Where do you think they shake out in terms of the playoff picture after we, we just run through those schedules? Yeah, I, I mean – I really think ultimately I, I and this is going to sound like a generic answer, but I think really it's any anybody's division to win. I think yeah. of all of all the teams in the picture, I think the Giants uh, are probably playing the best football. I mean, Dallas coming off a win does uh, does pose as a threat. I think um, this this coming game, if they can beat uh, the Washington football team on Thanksgiving or yeah, uh, this Thursday. Um, I think, you know, maybe they're in the driver's seat because I, I just have no confidence in this Eagles team getting any better uh, going forward. I think they've just – they've shown their hand. They they show what, what they have unless Doug Peterson would, uh, you know, try and innovate just a little bit. Maybe maybe the Eagles score a little bit more points and, and poses a threat at some in some aspect. But I just think, um, you know, maybe Dallas has a better chance. Uh, Giants have a better chance. I, I don't – I don't know. I don't know how much I trust the Washington football team at this moment, but I'm not going to rule them out either because their defense can can play as well. So, I, I ultimately I don't see the Eagles winning this division. I just don't feel it. Um, I think the Giants might find a way to pull it out, uh, and Dallas might have it. It's really fifty fifty split for me right there. Uh, going I, I, forward, I, agree. I, I don't I, think I, the Eagles find a way to win this division. And part like I said, part of me doesn't even want them to. So. I, I agree. I, I think it's a Giants division to lose. I just think if you look at the way they've been playing the past few games, they, they have a winnable, favorable matchup here with the Bengals coming up on Sunday. Joe Burrow uh, is unfortunately out with an injury for for the rest of the season. So 
uh, they'll be playing their backup quarterback. I think that's the lead for the Giants. And whoever wins this Dallas-Washington uh, game as well, I think, um, is also sort of on track to be there at the end. But I like what Joe Judge and the Giants have been doing the last few weeks. Danny Dimes is starting to play a little bit better. That defense is actually sneakily good. Um, the offense, you know, probably needs, a, a you know, a few more plays each game to, to sort of be compelling to me. Uh, but that defense is playing a high level right now. And I sort of look at them to, to make some noise. But that's the NFC East. Uh, that's sort, sort of the Eagles' state of the union. I thought that was a fantastic breakdown there. And, um, you know, so, so we sort of know where you stand, sort of we know where the, the pulse of the fan base is for sure at this point. We sort of know um, where Dougie P is at this point. And it'll be interesting to see what happens over the last six games, you know, if they perform well. Can he save his job? If, if not, sort of what happens after that. But, uh, you know, we'll see what, what goes down. Yeah, so you want to move from one uh, one losing record to another? That's up to you. Let's do it. All good. Yeah, let's do it. Let's sit on the Jets. Uh, coming off a 34-26 loss to the Chargers, puts them at 0-10. Uh, I, I know you're probably pretty surprised by this, Aaron, but it officially eliminates them from this year's playoffs. Um, yeah, kind of tough, obviously, to, to, to sort of realize it, that we're, we are 0-10, uh, losing double-digit games. But uh, this is sort of what, what the fan base wants. Uh, I think if you're um, not an idiot, you kind of want this team to lose. Uh, we don't have our – our franchise quarterback in-house. The only way we're going to be able to get one is to pick potentially in, in the first pick, maybe top two if you're, if you're kind of a Justin Fields fan out there or a Justin Fields believer uh, for Ohio State there. I was telling Aaron off air, uh, I would love for the team to continue to lose, uh, but at least if we can make it interesting, uh, obviously that is preferred. So uh, first half, you know, Justin Herbert comes out throwing absolute bombs, absolute bombs over the place. He, I think he started off like 17 for 19. I think Keenan Allen had double-digit catches uh, in the first half. Jets look dead, uh, dead in the water. Comeback third quarter, uh, Joe Flacco comes out, starts dealing, throws a bomb to Perry for a touchdown. Uh, Denzel Mims, a rookie wide receiver, gets into it a little bit more. Uh, he has three catches. Crowder gets into the game a little bit, shows some things. Herndon, their tight end. Uh, as a touchdown catch in there as well. So made it interesting, started to come back at the end, ultimately didn't close it out, which I obviously preferred for the fan base. Uh, moving forward, uh, really not you know, any different than the way we were a couple weeks ago. Gase is still going to get fired. Uh, Sam Darnold has, has, you know, this is going to be his last season with the Jets most likely. Uh, I, talked, I talked a couple weeks ago about what we might think that uh, trade compensation might be, whether it be a second-round pick, whether they can squeeze a first-round pick from – from a desperate team. Uh, we'll kind of figure that out and see how that shakes out at the end. But uh, nonetheless, we'll have, you know, the first overall pick. Hopefully, if not, it's definitely going to be a top two pick at this point. If you look at the teams uh, who are close to the Jets in terms of record, you have the Jets at 0-10. You've got the uh, Jaguars at 1-9. Uh, then you have the Bengals with two wins, uh, six losses, and a tie. Um, so I don't see the Jets, you know, winning more than two games if they end up squeaking out two games somehow. Uh, that would still put them uh, in front of the Bengals, I should say, for, for that pick there. So the rest of the teams after that have at least three wins um, and beyond. So looking at a top two pick, looking at Trevor Lawrence, looking at Justin Fields, I know that was kind of cloudy the last time we recorded just because a lot of those teams were still at two wins. A lot of those teams were still at one wins or one win, I should say. Uh, but it's, it's a two-horse race. It's them and the Jaguars. Uh, 
They do play Miami, Aaron. We're talking about our boy Tua Tagovailoa. Somehow has an injury already three games into his career. Got <laughs> benched by Brian Flores uh, in the second half there. They are traveling up to New Jersey to play the Jets. Uh, so if there was ever a time for them to win, it would probably be this game. Sam Darnold is finally healthy coming back. He'll play uh, with his top three receivers and top tight end healthy for the first time this season. So uh, if there was ever a game, as I said, to win, it would be this weekend. It would be pretty fitting that Tua would would uh, would fuck me over. But hopefully uh, if he's playing bad, they can you know pull the trigger quickly and uh, switch to Fitzpatrick early on. But we'll see how that goes. So. Uh, like I said, sort of the state of the union there. Nothing nothing much has changed from the Jets over the past few weeks. Still looking at the number one overall pick. Hopefully, fingers crossed, hopefully we can draft the Trevor Lawrence and then uh, kind of move on from from just being a terrible, terrible organization. Yeah, it's – like I, I mean, we kind of talked off air. I mean, I, I'm kind of pleasantly – I don't want to say surprised, but uh, it does pose the question, like, how much of it – you know, you're, you're seeing Flacco put up, I would say, more more points and, and have a little bit more success. I mean, it's not resulting in wins, which you don't want it to, to but right. I think it kind of proves the point that, you know, maybe they – at least I'm not going to say Sam Darnold is a scrub, but uh, maybe he's a scrub in that system. You know, I'll, I'll put it to you that way. Maybe because yeah. you, you're kind of seeing Flacco come in. Flacco really doesn't seem to have a whole lot left in the tank, you know, coming into this season. And, and he's been, you know – not bad, I would say, at all in, in the couple of games he has played. So, um, you know, maybe maybe this ultimately is the the right move for the Jets as far as going forward without Sam Darnold, going forward with, you know, a Trevor Lawrence um, and, and kind of restarting again. I mean, I know you're used to to, a t- to that team kind of restarting and, and getting your hopes up for, for the next guy. But, you know, maybe this, this is when you get your big break. Uh, you, you drafted a fresh – a kid fresh out of school uh, that, that really has has been a stud, you know, his whole time at Clemson. Maybe that's maybe that's the guy. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you, you went ahead and gave a little bit of a history lesson there with the Eagles earlier. Uh, I, I, I'll give you a history lesson for the Jets. Back in 2009, we drafted Mark Sanchez, number five overall. I thought that was a guy. Uh, obviously, we had, a, we had a couple good seasons there with him. But uh, once we had the butt fumble, I think uh, – <laughs> that basically cemented Sanchez's career with the Jets after that. Geno Smith was drafted in the second round. He showed some flashes early on, thought he might be a player. Turned out he wasn't. Christian Hackenberg also drafted in the second round, thought he might be a player. He was not. Uh, Sam Darnold drafted third overall. Showed flashes, certainly. Coming into the year, I was pretty optimistic. Um, but, again, you know, we never really had the chance to, to draft a – you know, franchise-type altering player. I think when Darnold came out, there were definitely his flaws. He was a younger guy, too. He obviously had, you know, that, that decent season uh, when he went to the Rose Bowl against Penn State. That Everyone remembers that iconic game. Everyone remembers him from that season. But after that, he really hadn't done much in college. He had sort of a mediocre uh, last season there at USC. And then uh, coming into the NFL, hasn't really been surrounded by the correct weapon weapons and, and the correct offense and correct offensive minds as you know within the coaching staff so if we can draft a Trevor Lawrence if we can bring in a coach who is a true offensive mind who is a true motivator true leader of men uh, I certainly love our chances but uh, yeah that's that's sort of where we are you know I, I get my hopes up every single time um, for somebody else to come in here and make an impact but it just hasn't just hasn't happened for us. Hey man, I, by no means am I tooting my own horn but I kind of I, I think I called the Sam Darnold thing. Uh, early on, I you know I just kind of give bold predictions like 
we'll see what happens, that type of thing. Maybe I'm trying to be Colin Coward, but, um, you know, it was that. And then I, I did call the Steelers being as hot as – I didn't think they'd be this hot even, but I thought they would have a chance of stealing the division. And who, as have they, who have they played? I mean, they beat Baltimore, the, the team that, that's, you know, right that was right there to uh, – the, the Browns have a better record than the Ravens do right now. Yeah, I know. I mean, Baltimore's on a decline. That's it. That's because the Steelers beat them. That's why. Ever since if then, they played the good. Chiefs tomorrow, they would get pumped. Oh, I don't know. I I think they'd lose. I don't know if they get pumped though. I don't know. I think I don't think they're going to. I mean, it, t- hey, ten and zero is impressive in any league at any point. I don't care who you play. I'll give you that. Uh, I'm just, I, you know, I, I don't think they're out here killing teams. I mean, they obviously beat a Jaguars team like. They're going to beat a team like the Browns or, you know, they would smoke the Jets. I'm not saying that. Right. I, I You know, put them against the Saints, put them against the Bucks, put them against the Chiefs. I just don't think you, you would see this domination that's, that's sort of been occurring. That's just me. I don't, I don't think you're too far off. I think if they played the Bucks, though, I think they'd have, a, I think they'd have a good chance. I, that's just how I feel. I think um, the Steelers defense can cause enough havoc to where, you know, Brady's getting hit a lot. Uh, a lot more than he ever has. I love to see it. But uh, as far as like, yeah, I mean, if they played the Saints, I think they'd drop that game. I think, you know, I, I they're not the most impressive 10 and 0 team that, um, you know, of all time, but uh, everybody was so, so hot on the Ravens coming in. And, and then like I, I thought Lamar would kind of de- you know, he, he would kind of just go backwards a little bit. I think teams are starting to figure him out as far as, you know, if he takes off with the ball, what to do. If he sits back there and you put pressure on him to have somebody in the middle of the field to do a kind of like a QB spy on him, I, I think I don't think Lamar is is the you know life changing talent that everybody thinks he is. I think he definitely has it at times, but I don't see him being like a long term solution for Baltimore. I just don't see it. Um, well, you want to talk about bold predictions? I think this podcast is accurately not had has actually not been high on Lamar Jackson has accurately been a little bit skeptical of like I mean like you said he's been figured out like you you take the run game away from that team and, and they're basically left as as pretty pretty much nothing um he came out a couple weeks ago I think he was on the Rich Eisen show uh and said that defenses were starting to call out their plays before they even ran them which is you know kind of an indictment on the coaching staff but also kind of an indictment on him maybe he's not getting creative with his cadence and his pre-snap calls uh, maybe they're just becoming too one-dimensional, obviously, with, with the run game there. I don't think Mark Ingram is a player that he used to be. I think uh, they've obviously had some injuries. Or I think their left tackle is out for the season, has some injuries on the offensive line. But if they can't run the ball, I, I don't really see them having a decent passing attack. And time and time again over Lamar Jackson's career, he's not been a guy that can come from behind and will his team victory when he's down. Uh, if that team has a one touchdown, two touchdown, 10 point lead, they're fine. They can sort of run the ball, drain the clock, tire out a defense. But if they have to throw the ball and come back and score in bunches, that's just not their team. So if you want to talk about bold predictions, that pod, this podcast is accurately called the trajectory of Lamar Jackson's career. And I love every second of that. <laughs> I, when you, when you brought up the point that um, <clears throat> the Ravens, uh, Lamar, their offense in general, uh, can't come from behind. That was what I was thinking about the entire time. Basically, you you broke that whole uh, segment down there. I think, you know, every every game I've watched them go behind, even even it be ten points. I think ten points is like their cap. Like if they're down ten points, they are fucked. Like they, you put a fork in them. I'll, you know, if, if there's any anything I can bet on 
where I can just make an instant bet that the other team's going to win the rest of the game. I'm, I'm putting all my chips right there in the middle of the table. I think the Ravens cannot come from behind. Obviously, that is a huge problem um, if you're going to compete for, for anything, really. I mean, you're never going to be ahead in steamrolling teams. Even the Chiefs have to come from behind, you know, quite often. So, um, Hey, this, you know, is, we, this is a hot take. Uh, they play Thursday night, Thanksgiving night against the Steelers. That should be a great game, probably one of the best, like, Thanksgiving games in recent history that I can remember. If they lose yep. that game to go 6-5, and five, I don't think they make the playoffs. No, I don't either. I think Cleveland's playing playing too good of football right now. Um, I think – I don't know. I, I Like, basically how you said it, I, I think the Steelers have that Division One already, in my opinion. I, I don't see the Ravens posing as a giant threat. I think the fact that the Ravens just dropped another game um, this past week to Tennessee, that just kind of put the put the knife in in that case. I think, you know, Cleveland is uh, is heating up. Cleveland has been pretty impressive this season overall. Uh, I mean, they've had their they, – they dipped a little bit at, at times, but really if you're 7-3, you're doing something right. So I, I just look at it like I tried to tell one of my close friends – Lamar Jackson's not the guy. I'm telling you right now, he's not the guy. And he didn't want to hear it. I don't know. I know this is only his third season, but I, I just see that system not being as successful as obviously, let's just say, you know, the gold standard, Patty Mahomes. I mean, you, you're just never going to compete unless you can run the ball for 400 yards against them. Like there's no way you're going to be able to beat that team and keep up with that team with Lamar Jackson throwing the ball. I just don't ever see that happening. I agree. Uh, we have a, we have a Ravens Browns matchup here coming up in Week 14, I believe. Uh, it's Ravens Browns Monday Night Football, December 14th. Uh, that game could very well decide who goes to that seventh or sixth wild card spot. Uh, if you look at the rest of the Browns schedule, this Sunday they play the Jaguars. That's a win to go eight and three. They then play the Titans. Uh, maybe you give them a loss there. That's eight and four just for the fuck of it. Uh, then they play the Ravens, like I said, on Monday Night Football. Uh, they play the Giants after that. That's a win. Maybe they have nine wins there. Uh, they play the Jets after that. That's another win. That's ten. Then they finish up with the Steelers. The Steelers, at that point, obviously would have locked up the division, probably locked up maybe the one or two seed. Maybe they sit Big Ben. Maybe they sit a few guys. That's a win as well. If they get to 10, 11 wins, I just don't see the Ravens squeaking in. Uh, in that seventh seed, in that sixth seed. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. I think that seventh seed opening up in the wild card spot uh, in, in the playoffs this year for both conferences will be interesting. And, and who knows? It's, it's very tough that – or it's very uh, – not very often that three teams from the same division go to the playoffs. Um, with this seventh seed opening up, you know, makes it a, a little bit more likely, I, I guess. But uh, that, that week 14 game, I think, you know, week 15 game, whatever it might be, Ravens, Browns, Monday football, I think that might very well decide uh, the rest of the playoff picture within the, within the AFC. Let me, uh, let me pose a, a pretty insane question. I don't even know if you'll be able to comprehend, like, the magnitude of if this actually happened. Here we but go. This is just – I was think, sitting here thinking about this the other day because – I uh, live with a Ravens fan. So um, let's say, like, if I'm Baltimore right now, and, well, not even right now, if they if they miss the playoffs this coming, you know, upcoming season, yeah, um, the season we're in right now, current season, if if I'm Baltimore, I what if you shipped Lamar? Like, this is crazy, but I would try and do it. 
if you ship Lamar to the Chargers for Justin Herbert, would you do it? If you're both, <laughs> if you're if you're Baltimore, if you're Baltimore, uh, Herbert's a stud. Uh, I was not very high on him coming out of the draft. I think that's both documented from our draft coverage. Hand up, I missed that one. Uh, he looks like an absolute stutter. You know, not a bona fide screw-up, bona fide stud. Uh, I would do that <laughs> trade in a heartbeat. I don't think the Chargers would do that. I think uh, no, no, they I agree. found their next Phil Rivers, if you will. But, yes, that is an insane trade, but I would do that in a heartbeat if I'm both. See, I'm, my, you know, when it comes to, like, my wheels are always turning when it comes to stuff like that. Like, I, I was reading up on a page where they, they said, like, Phil, I think it was – Pretty sure it was even fake, but there was like a speculation that this, the the Eagles were trying to trade Wentz for to the Browns for Mayfield at one point. Jesus <laughs> Christ! I was just like, that's a lose lose for both teams. I don't know, man. I I haven't. I, there's some part of me is holding on to the fact that I think Baker Mayfield is somehow gonna find a way to win. I I don't see that in Wentz enough. No, nope. like, maybe it's because I, I've always sort of. I, it's been like a personal bias against Baker for me just because he went two picks ahead of Darnold. So I've always had that competitive spirit and wanted Sam to do better than Baker. That's uh, fair. They both entered the league. And I mean, clearly you can probably say Baker's better at this point than Darnold. But I, I wouldn't say Baker's like a top 15, like above average quarterback. You know, obviously, you know, had, had uh, Hugh Jackson, horrible head coach, Freddie Kitchens, terrible head coach. Seems to have someone in Kevin's fancy who can call plays around and play to his strengths. He's had talent since he's been in the NFL. You can't argue he's had – I mean, I should say you can argue he's had a much better supporting passing than a guy like Wentz has his entire career. I think with that team, they have the best two running backs in the league. Uh, he has Odell Beckham. Yes, he's hurt right now, but he has a an injury. He has two good tight He has a good defense. They have a great defensive line. And they still, they still find a way to be average. Yes, they are seven and three, but uh, I think that's a fraudulent seven and three. I think they're probably the worst seven and three football team in history in the NFL. Uh, Boom! Some awesome. of that comes back on the quarterback for sure. He's got talent around him. They have a team. Behind, they have a team behind him. No, I'm with you there. It's it's always interesting. I mean, I I love I love the conversation. I love the you know the back and forth. I, I just enjoy it because I I don't know, man. It, it's so interesting to me. I. I sometimes think, you know, I'll take a guy who, you know, let's I, on paper I'm gonna say Wentz has more talent, right? Like than than Baker Mayfield. That's probably yeah, for sure. Pretty obvious. I mean, when they're both, let's say Actually, playing Nashville's at, at talent. yeah, for sure. Yeah, and when they're both playing at at ten out of ten on their on their potential scale, but at the end of the day, like I want the guy that's gonna win. I don't give a shit if if he throws, you know, a a pick, he fumbles it, but somehow, you know, he brings them back at the end and wins. I just look at like I, I don't know, man. It's like when I watch the Eagles, I, I, it's like watching, it's like a, a soap opera that that you know continues on the same the same storyline every single week and never gets better and never gets positive. It just seems like it, it's the same the same. I'm watching the same nightmare over and over and over again. Where it's like the Browns, yeah, they don't use Baker as much as Wentz and things of that nature, but they find ways to win. Now, does that come down to coaching? 100%. It does. But at the same time, like, I'm taking the guy that doesn't throw a touchdown or a pick, but it manages the game instead of a guy that's going to throw it up into triple coverage repeatedly week after week. You know what I mean? So, yeah. No, I, I, there, there's, I, so I, many, I there's so many different aspects. Like you, like you brought up real quick, you brought up 
the, the weapons that Baker has compared to Wentz. But then I look at Cleveland's offensive line. I've seen it struggle, you know, throughout Baker's career. And, and Baker's rookie year, he threw a good many picks, but he had that team in the right direction at the same time. So I don't know. It, it's interesting. And I just think there's so many aspects to it where uh, I don't just purely, like, I'm not one of those guys I'm going to look at the numbers. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I, I think he, he is a guy – at the end of the day, you are – I'll go back to the Bill Parcells quote. You are what your record says you are. They're 7-3. and three. Uh, They have a favorable schedule the rest of the way. Yes, they'll probably make the playoffs. Uh, I, I just think that they won't go very far, and, and I think they would go further. I think they have the talent on paper to go further if they had a better quarterback. I think he's nothing more than, than a, a above-average game manager. I'll, I'll say that. I don't think he has the arm strength. I don't think he has the accuracy. I don't think he has – I mean, yeah, he can run and move. I don't think he has – I don't think he's elite at that. I just – I mean, yeah, he makes some good decisions. He's, he's, you know, if you need him to, to find the, the, the first read the first read, or find the open guy, he's good at it. But he's not going to be a Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to be an Aaron Rodgers and improvise and get out of the pocket and, and make these highlight reel plays. I just – like I said, it's probably a personal bias from – I'm going back to that 2018 draft, but I, I just really don't see it when, it when it comes to Baker. No, I'm with you. I, I mean, I even saw it when he was at Oklahoma. I think I, I think we talked about that before. I forget. I want to say it was a Rose Bowl game. I, I could be wrong. It, it was one of the, the bigger bowl games in college, and, and he was kind of missing people here and there. He's throwing way over their head. And I kind of saw that. He was kind of erratic. Um, kind of reminded me of, like, you know, maybe a worse Johnny Manziel. Like, just kind of, like, all over the place. Like, you know, is that going to work in the NFL? Obviously, you've seen it work at times, but then last season he had like a horrific season. Um, I don't know. I, it's just interesting. I, I look at Baker as one of those guys that he, he does find a way to win, and I love that about him. I, I've always loved that about him. Now, when you bring up like arm strength, talent, things like that, I definitely think he's far from the, the most talented guy uh, in the league and, and probably even outside of the top ten easily. But I, I just look at it like, I don't know. I root for the guy only because I think he is at a disadvantage in those aspects. But he kind of – I think he's so passionate about it that he finds a way to get the most at times out of his teammates at times. I'm not going to say every week, but – Yeah, no, I, I think it, I think he has a good personality, especially for, for that city. I think uh, he's a guy that, you know, came in as a 22, 23-year-old and, and was able to rally his teammates around him, which is not easy. I, I think that – there are times when I wish, you know, Darnold had that sort of bravado, had that personality where he could galvanize his squad and basically say, hey, you know, I'm going to put you guys on my back and, and we'll see where we go. I, I, I would love to have that in a leader and, and a captain of your team. But uh, if we're just talking specifically ability on the field, I think there are guys who are better. But, you know, that's that's sort of why we play the games. They are 7-3. Credit to them. Credit to him. We'll kind of see where, the, where we shake out and uh, – you know, we'll, we'll probably be talking about them come, you know, wild, wild card weekend for, for the playoffs. But uh, I think that's, that's sort of our state of the union for, for tonight. I think it's it's definitely a good bounce back show for us to sort of see where we're shaking out. Basically, you know, essentially talk about the Eagles, talk about the Jets. Uh, Aaron and I can now commiserate together since we have three wins combined uh, 10 weeks into the season. Um, you know, we'll kind of see where we go from here. We'll kind of follow closely, obviously, with the Eagles and, and their playoff chase and obviously follow closely with the Jets and they're chasing them one overall pick and, and, and maybe get to some, some other coaching nuggets as well to see if uh, both these coaches get fired but 
Um, appreciate you, you folks listening and uh, hope everyone has a, has a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. And uh, Aaron, why don't you take us home? Yeah, as always, much appreciated. This is the most consistent, and I put that on on myself as well. I'll be like Wentz, you know, I take accountability for the for the mistake. <laughs> but uh, but hey, you know, I appreciate every time you know everybody does too. Out the content, and uh, you know it's going to be interesting coming down the wire. Take some. <laughs>